Dupes wants to know, Homer, why were you banned from the podcast? Uh, I, I, I had to be reminded by Tricky for this <laughs> one, to be honest with you. I think it was... The same re- the same reason I got banned? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I think it was shortly after... Um, I think it was the year that you had told us a story, Tricky, where someone had gave you a, a fake spider for a Christmas gift. Robotic spider. It was a robotic spider. spider. That's what it was. Okay, My thanks. Mother. It was a robotic spider. And then Tricky was, you know, recanting this uh, tale to us. Uh, I, I think it was before he had shared it on the podcast. He was recanting it to us through our group text. And, you know, you know me, being funny, I sent, what, two, three consecutive spider pictures to Tricky? <laughs> And uh, he 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 was he was good humored about the first one, and then he shot a warning shot across my bow for the second one, and and you know for me oh oh so you want another one right? <laughs> Send him a third one, and then that's when the band hammer was dropped. Yes. <laughs> hey, if you're going to go down, go down. And I will point out too, I came I guess very close to being banned once again for my love of a certain collegiate football team. We'll not go into those details right now. Hey, I I, I defended you. Yes. He pulled the trigger. Yes, I did That's not, not pull that fault. trigger. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. Alex, did he not pull the you trigger? You were looking for the controversy. Yes, you did. Yeah, he posted a, uh, was it a top 10 a graphic of the top 10 most annoying fan bases in college fan football? Bases. And for college football, yes. Yes. He was poking the bear. And yes. he, he put, yeah, and, and, and the bear fired yes. back. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. Welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode... I don't even know. What episode is this? 534. 535. 535? Oh, I was wrong. You're going going back to the future yield. Well, it was close enough, right? I mean, it's only off by one episode, so... He's been unbanned! Yes! (laughs) You were just waiting to say that, weren't you? Yes, I'm going to start calling him the unbanned. So, unbanned, what do you think about this? Unbanned, (laughs) what do you think of this? I've been called much, much worse. All right, so now that we got the hijinks out of the way, I'm your host, Shiggy Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, and the legend, it's Alex. The hijinks will never be out of the way. He brings the awesome, it's I yield to no one. Why do you sound like you're in a tunnel? Because it's a tunnel of love, oh yeah, giggity giggity. Because I'm at work, I wasn't supposed to record, and I work with a makeshift uh, setup here. So you're in your office, you got your PS4 sitting right next to you on your desk, right? I got my PS4 and my PS5. <sighs> my Some God. guys. Do you ever Some guys look, have all the luck. Tricky, do you ever look in the mirror and just think about some of the luxuries you have in life and just get disgusted with yourself? <laughs> Not at all. What do, you, what do you need a PS4? Are you sitting there like boosting trophies with yourself? Is that what you're doing with those? No, I'm actually... Uh... I brought the PS5 because I wasn't sure what I had on my work PS4, so I brought my PS5 as a backup, but I wound up playing uh, a little bit of Red Dead Redemption and Deadpool, so. 
So wait, can you? Is it legal to boost yourself, especially in New York? Yes. <laughs> I get where you're going with that one. Can, can I officially uh, introduce our guest, or are we just going to keep babbling? I told you the hijinks were over. No. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce our guest for those who don't recognize the voice from Thursday Night Rocket League Classic. He is the man who's always duffed, and his name is Homer. How you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks, guys. And thank- hi, everybody. Thanks for having me back on the show. Finally. <laughs> Yes, uh, you were banned, and as has alluded to, uh, you have been unbanned for this particular episode, and we're going to go into the, the the questions and why you were banned later in the show. I was going to say, for our, our new listeners who aren't part of the Facebook chat, surely uh, that, that warrants some, some, back, some context. Not really. Uh, also, I wasn't planning on recording with you guys, so I wound up ordering some food, and my food just got delivered, so I'm probably going to be eating while you guys are talking, so I might be quiet a lot. First of all, what is it? What did you get? I got five guys. Five guys. So you didn't get any moose and rail sticks? <laughs> Let's go into our updated trophy count. I am level 683. Total trophies of 16,761. It's actually uh, 63 at this point, but... Uh, and 372 Platinums. Alex? I am none of your damn business, Tricky Mick. But for the listeners, for the fans, I am level 460, total trophy count of 8,057, and a platinum count of 127 in 126 games. Currently at a level of 478, with a rising trophy count of 8,704, and a newly minted Platinum. At 156. Very nice. Very nice. I saw what you platinum earlier today. It was very nice. Thank you. Thank you. I am a level 348 with 4,249 trophies and 41 platinum trophies. That's a lot of sex appeal in those numbers right there. Thank you. I agree with them myself. I have a couple of easy plats. The last two I popped were, you know, I wouldn't say shameful, but they're pretty easy games. Cat Quest. Uh, I'm trying to remember what my platinum was before that. Uh, I'd have to go research that ringing a bell. But um, uh, Dark Side Detective. Uh, kind of games like that that my wife and I like to play together. So, I mean, scrutinize away, if you will. So, uh, got together with some of the, the, uh, the teammates for a good old... Rocket League throwback on this past Thursday, Gareth, Yield, and Nitro. And then beyond that, I've actually started going back. Uh, well, I got 100% again in Cuphead, finished all the DLC trophies in Cuphead for the delicious last course, like I said but last time. More Cuphead, really enjoyed it. Bosses are, I would say, they, they kind of up their game with these bosses because the ones in the delicious last course are, they, at least they seem more difficult than a lot of the other ones from the main game, so... If you're going through this this time, it's uh you're probably gonna get more of even more of a challenge. Although you don't have to go beat all the bosses on expert this time for a trophy, you just got to beat one on expert and get an S rank to get the uh to get a trophy. But uh, overall, frustrating but yet very fun and rewarding experience. So I love Cuphead and and more Cuphead. Cuphead is always gonna be you know good for me. But for the better part of the week, I've gone back and played Horizon Forbidden West, doing the new game plus and try and playing on ultra hard difficulty to get uh, a couple trophies for that. So I'll get one for beating the game on New Game Plus and then beating the game on Ultra Hard. And I just finished the Gemini story mission. I'm basically just going through and doing all the story missions, just straight shot through. 
and um, finished Gemini. Isn't that kind of bullcrap that it's only a bronze for ultra hard? It is, because I finished Gemini today, the Gemini mission, which is one of the last missions you do. It's maybe the third from the end. But, uh, and yeah, it was, a, it was, it took me a couple hours to get through because it was so difficult because of all the machines threw at you, they threw at you. Like at the end, you have to fight a slaughter spine, which is not easy at all. And, you know, you would go to a, a room and have to fight three leap lashers, one um, long leg and a grim horn. And it's like, my God, like, and, and, you know, in the cauldrons, like these levels, like there's a lot of like geometry you can get stuck on and like a lot of dead ends. So it's almost like the uh, not only are the machines against you, the difficulties against you, and like the terrain is kind of against you. So, uh, but finally got through Gemini. I am a little worried about the final boss because the final boss did give me quite a bit of resistance in the normal playthrough. Uh, but overall, aside from a few difficulty spikes, to be perfectly honest, and I am playing on New Game Plus with all the weapons that I got before uh, when I or what I ended the game with. But you know, I beat um, the Tide Ripper on the Sea of Sands mission in one in one go. Um, Beat the Dreadwing in the uh, the Seeds of the Past um, mission on my first go. So to be honest, I haven't met a like. It's not like it's much much harder overall. Overall, you know, you can still plow through most of the missions without a ton of difficulty. But there are like Gemini, and uh, I assume the final boss fight are going to be ratcheted up. But yeah, I didn't. You could do two play two playthroughs, but I I really just kind of wanted to get ultra hard out of the way at the very beginning, and you know. There's actually a third trophy for the new game plus where you have to buy all the new weapons and face paints and all this other stuff. And apparently to get all that, you have to earn champions tokens, which you get two for completing a main mission. But apparently to get that bronze trophy, you need to complete 80% of the game again. So what I'm going to do is beat on ultra hard. Ouch. Yeah, it's a lot. Like I, I've already platinum the game and pretty much did 90 something percent of everything. And then I have to go back and do 80% again. But my plan is do ultra hard. And then after that, go to story, do new game plus, do story mode, make it really easy, and then just go do a bunch of stuff and just grind it out and then get that final bronze trophy. Because I want the 100% back in, in Horizon Forbidden West. So that's essentially why I've, uh, in this lull of video games for me, until Calabunga Collection comes out at the end of the month, I decided to go back and uh, do Horizon Forbidden West. So now that I've gone on and on and on, Homer, sir, what have you been playing this week? Oh, I've been playing uh, some, just like you, Alex, I've been playing some Rocket League. Uh, whenever I can, whenever I can get some friends together, we'll jump on and try to knock out those weekly challenges. Uh, in a Homer is a little slow on the uptick. Uh, a little while ago, about a week and a half, a buddy at work turned me on to the fact that you can play Stardew Valley split screen. I knew that you could play a co-op, but I did not uh, know there was an option within the game that you can actually turn on to play split screen. And my wife is a huge fan of Stardew Valley as well. Uh, when I first turned her on to the game, she... She was playing basically as soon as I went to work and once I come home from work, that was her nonstop just playing Stardew Valley all day long. At last check, I think she had over 300 hours logged onto her account. So she was a bit of a pro when it was all said and done. But we started a new game, been playing Stardew Valley together. And it's just basically every every single night once I get home from work, we've been hitting Stardew Valley pretty hard. Uh, and on top of that, I've been playing some Assassin's, Assassin's Creed Origins, just like you, uh, you know taking all the sights in through ancient Egypt, having a good old time with that. Uh, enjoying my playthrough of that, not as much as, uh, as I enjoyed Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I just think Odyssey had a little bit better setting, a little bit better story, but still Origins is, has been a lot of fun so far since um, um, I kind of neglected that one and finally got around to it. So good times. And I also just recently started up a playthrough of The Witcher 3, another kind of shameful game I've had on my back shelf for way too long. 
Uh, I saw someone playing through it on YouTube during my lunch break one day. I thought, you know what? I have that game. I should really play that. Pop that in, been playing through that and having a good old time with that as well. So lots, lots of good role playing games. Now, Homer, I got to give you credit because got to give you an early shout out here because while I was playing Assassin's Creed and going through the Black Desert, there is a trophy for getting up to the. I think it's called "I Can See My House House from Here" or something like that. Yes, you the highest point. Yep, climb to the highest point in the Black Desert, and because you took a picture at that point, and it shows up, your friend's pictures show up on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to know exactly where I had to go for that. So you, oh, well. you were the beacon of light. You were the uh, the Pharos, the lighthouse at Alexandria for me in the Black Desert that allowed me just to to know exactly where I had to run. And oh, sweet! So I was helping a buddy out and didn't even know it. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Sweet. And uh, the story with the story about uh, Origins, you you made mention that you thought the one in Odyssey was better. You know, for the yep. most, a lot of Origins I played on mute because I just didn't care. But I mm. will say, at the end of that game. Story gets real good. Like it, it, Does it? Like it ramps up and like, especially when it comes to the final mission and what you do in the final mission. Like I, I feel like once you get to the point where Bayek has decided, okay, we're going to start this thing and it, it's at the very end of the game, but still like maybe for the last, you know, four missions of the game, you know, pay attention because it is, it is, the story does uh, get quite good. Right. Well, I don't think that the story in Origins by any means is is blasé or it, it doesn't really hold up or anything. It's 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 good. It's just I I felt that when compared to other Assassin's Creed, I think other ones are a little bit better. No, it's it's like I said the the story to it's 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 pretty good. Um, I like how you know Bayek as a character is kind of more dedicated to the Creed order versus you know if you want to throw back to another one in Black Flag with Edward uh, Kenway. Um, just for comparison, I don't think he was really on board with the whole Assassin's Creed thing until like the like you said, almost like the very last hour, he's like, oh, hey, by the way, we're supposed to be a Creed and we should really do it this way. So, I mean, take it as you will. But, you know, again, Assassin's Creed Origin, a lot of fun. And and for those, I assume they're still on sale. But this past week, I did look at the, the additions to the summer sale on the PSN and both Black Flag and Odyssey were $15 each. And I showed that within the group and everyone was telling me, oh, you got to buy Odyssey. You got to buy Odyssey. And like, I get it. I don't have to play it now. I could just get it and add it to my library, but I also at the same time haven't necessarily decided if I'm going to play it. And I traditionally don't have a, a backlog of video games. Like so okay, so let me let me ask for a little definition from you all here. Is a backlog games you've purchased and still need to play, or is it games you want to play, regardless of whether you purchase them or not? Uh, I was gonna say you've purchased and there you just haven't opened them. Or either digitally or physically you have not fired them up yet. Agree. That's a backlog game yeah. to me. Or a game that you started and then you've shelved it for like six months or so and you're like, oh, I never finished that. To me, that's a backlog. Yeah, or in Homer's case, like five or six years. But I, I agree with Yield. If it's a game that you own, either physically or digitally, it's it's in your library somewhere and you just haven't gotten around to, you know, giving it the proper playthrough as you should. Okay, because I traditionally then don't have a backlog at all. If I buy a game, I play it. And then I go on, buy another game, play it. So stuff doesn't really build up for me. Now, there are games in the past like Origins, which I sat on. And it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll play this. But I never bought it until I decided to play it. So, uh, But if I don't buy Odyssey, it's because I haven't fully decided to play it. And that's kind of my logic there. But I get, I get the idea of like, hey, it's cheap. Buy it and play it later on. But as for whether or not I want to play it, I'm, I'm still not sure. It, I, I think it's an easy recommendation, Alex, especially if you liked Origins, you'll like Odyssey. And, it, you know, you're kind of into the whole, you know, ancient mythologies of, of the ancient cultures and whatnot. So 
I think it's down your alley, but the only thing I'll warn you of is is what I'm kind of running into with Origins is that fatigue of having to do everything everywhere on the map. You know, basically the map has, you know, lots of locations you can go to. And for those of you who haven't played, there's little question marks that are waypoints or there are locations for you to discover. And every single question mark requires some interaction on your part. Now, those interactions could take anywhere from five minutes or it could be, you know, lead off on a mini quest or what have you that could take 15, 20, 30 minutes of your time. It doesn't seem like it's that big a deal, but when you have literally hundreds of these points that you have to interact with, and again, I say you have to if you're going to go for the Platinum Trophy, that you have to interact with, Assassin's Creed Origins and Assassin's Creed Odyssey both have those mechanics. So kind of getting a little bit of that burnout when it comes to those, got an area cleaned out, ah, crap. There's another question mark. And this is kind of why I stopped playing the Batman Arkham games. I stopped after City. But it's like they keep expanding the world. So it's like Batman Arkham City had a very nice sized world, like a nice sized city. So it's like for me, you don't need to go bigger. You know, with the Assassin's Creed games, like this is a good sized map. Oh, well, we got to go bigger. It's got to be bigger. And I feel like that really turns me off. It's like, well, this was enough for me. And at times it felt overwhelming. So if you're going to tell me that you're going to expand it even further, then you kind of lose me at the, at the at the start. So I hope that Odyssey doesn't have a much bigger map than Origins. And I believe Nitro told me that you don't have to do all of the question marks in or in Odyssey to get a trophy. I think they changed that from Origins. Hmm. I thought you did, but it's been a while since I played and platinum the trophy or platinum that game. So it's. You know, probably a little sketchy for me to remember that. I think the map-wise, it's a little bit bigger than what Origins is. But the one thing that that I felt kind of added to the gameplay was the whole naval battle stuff. I mean, that, once you're in those old uh, Greek ships and you're just cruising along in the ocean and you see a couple of ships you want to take down, ramming speed, plow right through your enemies, there's nothing more satisfying than watching the ship sink after you just bifurcated it right into. Fantastic. Yeah, because, I mean, Origins does have some of the naval combat, but I'm assuming traveling between the Greek Isles, that's something where you're in a ship far more than you are in Odyssey. Because it, it, exactly. in Origins, because in Origins, it's tied mostly to story missions instead of, like, you could just kind of, like, go out and do naval battles at your free will. So Exactly, yep, yep. And I'm glad you, that you and your wife, Homer, can uh, can play split-screen Stardew Valley because, as you learned recently, the uh, the board game is way too expensive. $90. <laughs> I was a little shocked. Yeah, I was expecting maybe 40 or 50 but when I saw that sticker price, I like, yeah. Uh, before the show, I was, te- I was telling the guys that I was reluctant to pay $50 for a board game, which I understand, like, there's quality involved there, there's work, you know, there's a concept of the game, that, like, a lot of stuff goes into making these games, so, you know, people deserve to get paid, but, I mean, a $50 price tag on a board game just kind of turns me away, or, and, you know, Homer finds a Stardew Valley one for 90 bucks. It's like, ugh, that's even worse. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's kind of like we talked to. I, I realize board games are a lot more advanced than what they were when we were kids. Still, 90 bucks. Hey, man, they, they still got Clue and Battleship and Monopoly. That's true, yeah. And sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I'm assuming the Game of Life, which no one really wants to play, but uh, I'm sure it's still there. I'm, li- I'm living that now. I don't need to play it. Way too many parallels. <laughs> All right, well... Yield, if you're not playing the game of life, at least board game form, what have you been playing? So, uh, some Rocket League on Thursdays. I've logged into World of Warships. I haven't really played. I've just been checking my bureau, collecting my freebie daily gift. Uh, some Rayman Legends, 
so ready to be done with that, but I'm only at 40, little over 4,700 points. So I'm, I'm getting kudos, there. kudos, um, dude. I mean, that's, um, I, I looked at that platinum and it was like, this is doable, but man, it's grindy. It is right, right, right now it's grindy. Um, you don't have to worry about grinding out your looms because you'll get that easily grinding out your awesome level. Um, been playing some grip, which anybody not familiar with that game, then this, this will go for our older listeners who's been gaming for as long as we have. You take the speed of Episode 1 Pod Racers and F-Zero and combine it with Mario Kart. That's grip. Some Uncharted Lost Legacy. That's my latest platinum. Got that today. And I fired up Maneater on the 5. Initial thoughts so far? What do you think? I like swimming around. I, I think that's that's pretty cool. I'm still getting used to the combat because sometimes I'm like hitting R2 to, to attack and bite, and it'll sometimes it'll just it'll just keep munching away, and I'll whoop the person in no, in no time, and the other time it'll like bite it and then just keep biting air as it swims by it. And I'm like, well, what the that heck? Game, that, but I'm still getting that used game has to, controls that feel really wonky at first. Yes, they, I was I was yeah I, I how I always described it the game is super fun, janky janky controls. So the, the the jumping out, I'm still, and of course it's it's because of how they do the tutorial and then how you start the game out. I'm getting used to like I, I like this jumping out of the water thing in the tutorial. I'm like I don't know why 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 Alex hated it so much. It doesn't seem that bad. And then they start the game, and it's like, oh, this does kind of suck. Yeah, it's not just that, but just like... <laughs> and I won't ruin it for anybody. Flopping around on land and having to eat people, that wasn't Yeah, fun. But, I mean, yeah, at first, like, there is, like, you're you're in the swamps, you start in the swamps, and you're, you know, having to eat crocodiles and, other, and fish and stuff, and it's kind of, uh, you definitely face some stiff resistance because, you know, you're just a baby shark or a smaller shark, and but there comes to a point to that game where you just become an eating machine to where... There's almost nothing that stands in your way that's really all that difficult unless you get until you get to the final boss of the DLC, the Truth Quest, or maybe the um oh I don't remember what the um there is a an orca in the game that uh gave me some trouble. But for the most part, you get to a certain point in that game, you know, cuz you start out and it's it's you know, it's got some pretty good good resistance, but you get to a certain point and you're just chomping everything and you're just like a god. It feels great. Now so let me ask you this, since you, both of you have played it. I've noticed that some of the fish obviously have a mineral or something above their head, which you end up, I, I'm, I'm figuring that you help use it to help evolve yourself, to buy your upgrades. Yes. Should I eat, should, should I eat everything, even though I've got full health, so that way I get the points for the upgrade, or should I hold back, so that way when I need health, I've got fish to eat, or do they respawn? I've been kind of like doing a little 50-50, kind of like, oh, I, this has got some minerals, I need to eat it so I can collect it. And other times I'm like, well, maybe I should hold back some stuff so that way when I need health, I got something. Because I haven't really realized yet whether it respawns if I clear everything out in an area. Stuff doesn't respawn immediately. I would just say when you're when you're early going to just eat everything that you can, um, I the, you don't get to the first boss, the first apex predator for a bit, 
So I don't think that that's going to be like, I don't think you have to worry about like, uh, I, I, I honestly would just worry about like eating as much as you can. If you die, you die. That's, that's how I would handle the first, um, although I can't remember how it auto saves. So, uh, Homer, I don't know if you remember, like, do you, do you, no, I was, I was going to say basically the whole game. Yeah. Basically just eat everything that you can. And like Alex said, you, when you do clear an area out, they don't respond right away, right away. But as you kind of progress throughout the different maps and as they get a little bit bigger, you can find that if you swim away for a bit and then come back, those fish have respawned. So don't let if I, I remember now with the specific minerals and whatnot like you're talking about. Um, don't let that deter you. I would chomp away and get as get as many of the resources as you can because you will need those for the upgrades, because like Alex said, it's it's kind of three quarters of the way through the game, you finally get to that point where you're just like a god swimming around in the ocean, and it does not matter what you come across, uh, you're going to take it down. But uh, yeah, don't let that stop you. Go ahead, collect those minerals, because those fish, they will respawn. All right. Yeah, I think that the the kind of, the developers, you know, you being a shark, they want you to just eat away, so I would just say, just yes. chomp on everything. And, and have fun right. doing it. Have fun. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I just got to level four before I came you, you up here. You just started, okay. And, and and, and, and the alligators are somewhat giving me a fit. I've learned not to... Sw- yeah, they will. They will. And I've, I've learned not to swim away and come back because their health seems to come back. They must be able to eat and regain health too. So I've learned to, like, attack them, swim a little bit away, turn around, come right back. And kind of just do that hit-and-run kind of gorilla-type warfare on it. You can swim far enough away where they will turn around and stop paying attention to you, and you can go back in. And that does help, especially early on when you're, you know, underpowered, and you're going up against alligators in the bayou that are much stronger than you are. And, you know, at a certain point, you're not going to you're not gonna have to worry about that, but you can use that hit-and-run tactic, and they don't regain the health as long as, you know, you don't, like, completely leave, completely leave the area. Right, and just like Alex said, yeah. if, if you get to the point where you swam away, swam away and um they've like stopped pursuing you i think at that point their health begins to regenerate so so long as you're kind of like they're still in the area and you're doing like the death circle thing um their health won't regenerate so you can kind of keep doing your that's how i did it the old hit and run tactic until you lowered their health enough to where you can kind of go in for the kill and then you know take them out that way but once they swim away once they lose interest in you i think that's when their health starts to regenerate gotcha anything else you've been playing uh, I want us all and some Deep Rock Galactic. Still working on that towards the platinum. That's that's gonna be still a long grind for you. I don't even like how much more time do you think it's gonna take you to platinum that game? Well, I've got I've got two of my four dwarves at tier one silver. I've got another one at tier three bronze, and my. Last one's at Tier 1 Bronze. So, I've pretty much the only thing I've got left to do is, until the next season comes out, um, is I do my weekly core mission just to get the extra core so I can get uh, uh, boosters more more than... Get boosters for my guns is what they end up being. And... I've kind of, when I do, when I'm not working on my core mission, which is only like three missions that you got to do, I try to find the missions with double XP, so that way I can level up quicker. But, so let's see here, you got to get the gold. 
So that's 50, 75. I got a lot more to go. 75 for one character, so that's 150 for two. So that's 250 with the third one. And probably almost 400 levels with all four of them to get the gold. And then that's when I'll have the platinum. Because by then I'll have my 500 missions completed. I'm at 480 with missions. Or no, 420 with missions completed. So I'll hit the 500 long before I get all four of them. You, uh, you're going to be one of like the five people in the world that has that platinum trophy. I was going to say, yeah, kudos. Your dedication is astounding. I think there's more than five people, but yeah. I got all the hard ones out of the way. Now it's just play the game. That's always a good feeling, though, isn't it? When you get, like, the hardest trophy kind of knocked out of the way, and it's like, well, it's all downhill from here. I just got to put my time in. Well, and, and the sad thing is, so one of the hard ones, I mean, there are a few hard ones, but one of the, the hard ones is you got to put, I know Alex and Tricky won't, maybe not everybody gets this. You will because you've played it. So you know the silica harvesters? Yes. Those ones that kind of like, okay. So there's a trophy where four of you have, all four doors have to be sitting on one of those. One, it's hard enough to get yeah. four on at one time. Yeah, I remember and one of is, one of my last uh, Deep Rock Collective um, sessions with you guys, we tried to actually get that trophy by jumping on, on its back. I remember trying to do that. Yeah. So, and they like to climb the walls. So it, it's not necessarily the easiest thing right. to get. Anyway, so you got to get four, all four doors on a silica harvester, and then each of you have to get five kills while on it. No one can jump off. So it was me, the brain, Nitro, and Prepare to Die Earth Scum were all playing one night, and the trophy popped for me and Nitro and not the other two. Even though all four of you did the criteria necessary. All that yes, would be even though all four of us did the criteria, the brain and Prepare to Die Earth Scum didn't get it. I'd be so mad. And I... And and it and it was something really weird because we so after we got that we tried again and it, and it it just wasn't working. So then we went to an easier one where you have to get I think it's like fifteen kills while on the drill dozer. Well, everybody had it, but prepare to die or scum. So we're like, hey, you get all the kills, we'll just ride. I remember, I was there that night. Yeah, wouldn't pop for him. I mean, he killed everybody. Would not pop. So some of the some of the trophies at times can be a little glitchy, glitchy. But other than that, I I enjoy the game. And tricky, sir. Hopefully you're you're done with your five guys, or you're in a spot where you can speak up. But what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, I've done with my five guys for about twenty minutes now. Oh, you um, you hoovered it down. So what did you get from five guys? Hang on, what 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 exactly did you purchase? What did you get for dinner? Cheeseburger and fries. That's it? Yeah. Nothing nothing pizzazzy? Nothing sexy? Nothing? You know, you didn't get like a, you know, bacon cheeseburger, or you didn't get a, something that was like slathered with cheddar cheese, or, you know, cheddar cheese nacho fries? Nothing like that? No. Burger and fries. I think he's disappointed. And, and he says we're unimaginative here in the Midwest. No. I, That's what he says. I, I just didn't want to spend more than what I did on food. How much does burger and fries run you in, 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 in the NYC? Uh, depends on where you go, but five guys, what I just ordered that I ordered from a grow pub 
it cost me forty five dollars. Oh my how much god! Was it yeah, how much was your tip? Uh, I would have to, I would have to go into my phone and look. Um, but yeah, with the delivery tax, uh, the delivery to uh, delivery fee, tip, and the food, it was about forty five dollars. Man, I could eat for two and still have money left I over. Say, I think five because I've not been in quite a while, but I think Five Guys and Fries here is like fifteen bucks after tax for your food, drink, and your and your yeah for your food and your drink about fifteen give or take. That's eating at the restaurant, mind you. The burger alone was thirteen dollars, and I don't know how much your fries were. Machi machi. Alright, yeah, so the only thing I've been playing is The Division 2, and like I said earlier in the show, I started playing Little Red Dead Redemption 2. Really gotta get into that game. Uh, I just, I'm having a hard time getting started with it. Uh, and I played a little bit of Deadpool just because I wanted the comedy. Uh, so that's what I've been playing. Alright, so let's get into our topics. Our first topic here. Coming from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN. Activism Blizzard loses millions of players, but adds 25% more developers year on year. Call of Duty and Overwatch publisher Activism Blizzard has lost millions of players compared to this time last year, but despite that increase, has grown its pool of developers by 25%. During its latest earnings results, Activism Blizzard uh, revealed that its monthly active users characterizes anyone who has accessed one of the games in the time frame fell from 372 million at the end of March 2022 the 361 at the at the end of June. This drop continues the publisher's downward trend as the number of monthly active users on June 30th last year was 408 million and has fallen relatively steadily ever since. There are some circumstances at work. Activism Blizzard has notably been quiet release schedule part recently, partly down to game delays and a natural reduction in the players after the COVID lockdowns. But yeah, uh... Now that we're not in the COVID lockdown, the players' numbers are, abs- you know, of course, the board, not just with Activision or Call of Duty or anything, they're all going to decrease. Well, well, yeah, because we're not all sitting around for weeks. I mean, heck, I, I played a crap ton of video games while I was locked down. Hey, so. speak for yourself. I'm still sitting around playing games, locked down or not. Well, so am I, but it's not as much as I was when I was locked down. I mean, I got an extra... Eight ten hours of gameplay every day. You know, tricky. One thing you didn't mention there was all the lawsuits and all the um, the allegations against uh, of misconduct against and the the frat boy culture they had there at Activision Blizzard. That's probably another thing that turns some people away. And you're going to have the attrition, natural attrition of players, people who you know maybe were playing World of Warcraft for a while, but then decided to take a break, didn't want to deal with it. People who you know maybe stepped away from Call of Duty or another game. So I mean, you're going to have players naturally come and go, ebb and flow, but. They still have over three hundred million active users. So, yeah, I, I I was like I was like, wow, you went from three seventy two to three sixty one. That is a decrease, but really not enough to freak out. I wouldn't think. I mean, you're still three hundred and sixty one. Yeah, when I saw those numbers too, I I kind of had the same reaction. It's like, yeah, you, you dipped a little bit, but that's still that's nothing to sneeze at. That's still a lot of active users. And and to your point too, Alex, I kind of I kind of thought that was. Kind of more to do with it than anything else. I kind of wonder if that's backlash from all of the, you know, all the allegations and all of the bad PR that uh, Activision Blizzard has gone through recently. You kind of wonder if that had, you know, more of a catalyst to do with it than just, you know, kind of everyone's 
now free to kind of go back out and do what they, whatever they want to. It's more of, I think, a bad PR thing. Well, it's, it's also worth noting that, I mean, yes, we were in COVID lockdown, but last year at this time, they had $460 million. So you lost $100 million for over the last year. So that is a big drop. But, you know, as it would be expected now that everybody's not in lockdown. Yeah, but most, most lockdown here in the States happened in 2020. You know, you saw a loosening of restrictions last year with more people going back to work. But the, the most kind of restrictions were towards the beginning of the pandemic and in 2020, not necessarily in 2021. And, you know, Activision's about ready to get bought by Microsoft. Microsoft has more than enough money to play with. Activision still makes a ton of money. Look at their valuation when Microsoft bought them or agreed to buy them. It's So them adding developers on top and, and you know, sending them to different projects, they may, if your things don't go well, you know, we know that Activision will close studios. They will fire people if they need to, if they don't see what they like. But they're getting ready to get absorbed into Microsoft, so it doesn't really matter if they're, they have lost some players, but at the same time, they're adding people. I, it's not going to be a problem with how much money they currently make and getting bought by Microsoft. Yeah, they ain't going to be hurting for sure. All right. But what is hurting is the accolade system on the PlayStation 5. This is coming from Adele Anchors Range over at IGN. Sony is already retiring the accolades of PS5 launch feature. Uh, before I actually go into this article, uh, Alex and Yield, you're the only ones with a PS5. Do you have any idea what the accolades is? And this was something in hindsight that when I read the article, it's like, okay, that sounds like something I never used this, never saw it, never. I never. If, if this article hadn't come up, if you would ask me what the hell accolades were, I'd be like, I don't know. What what is that? And yield. Yeah, I have no idea what this is. All right, Sony will be retiring the PlayStation 5's accolades feature later this year as players have not used the rewards-based system as much as the company anticipated when it unveiled it at launch. As reported by the 6-Axis, Sony announced in a statement that they would be pulling the plug on the Accolade system feature in the upcoming months because the uptake on has been low among PS5 users. Quote, In the fall of 2022, the Accolade feature on the PS5 will no longer be supported. The feature wasn't... The feature hasn't seen the level of usage we anticipated, so we are refocusing our efforts. We encourage the community to continue to send positive messages to one another. Alright, so anyway, it doesn't know. Uh... A developer could put in the system, and I know one game in particular was Mortal Kombat 11, that if you came across a person playing a game, you can send them an accolade saying that they're help, they're helpful, they're welcoming, they're a good sport. You know, you couldn't send a negative comment, but you could send a, a message basically saying, hey, this person is a, you know, a good sport or they, they will help you or whatnot. And not a lot of games use the feature. Well, so, also... Considering that one of my mainstays for multiplayer is Rocket League, I don't really have a lot of great things to say about the community, so I don't really want to, you know, be sending anybody any praise when most of the people I play with I'd rather block anyway. I love me some Rocket League, but you're absolutely right. That's it's a pretty toxic, uh, pretty toxic culture there. And and it's just like it's like almost any online game community. There's going to be because people are super competitive at times, very unnecessarily there's going to be that toxicity there. So it's not just Rocket League, but at the same time, like I understand what Sony was trying to do with this, but I don't know, maybe they just marketed well enough or there wasn't enough games because I completely forgot it existed. Well, and, and so I think the question now kind of begs to be asked now that you guys have more of a, because I don't have a PS5 and, and it doesn't sound like this would be an option or a feature that I would use regularly. 
now that it's going away and you guys have a little bit better grasp of what it does, would that have been a feature you feel you would have used? Well, I, I personally used it when I was playing Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, but what I was going to point out to Alice is because Alice used to talk about Rocket League and about how you know bad that community can be. This feature, I think, would have been helpful in the fact of if you came across a good sport or you came across a good teammate or whatnot, you could actually give them something that other players could see and say, okay, they are willing to play well together or they are will- they are willing to help you if you need it. So it, it, I think the feature was a good idea, but one, I mean, there's three hosts on the show that have a PS5 and two of them didn't even know it existed until this article. So that's definitely bad marketing on Sony's uh, place. I forgot the feature existed until I started playing Mortal Kombat 11 and the game asked me if I wanted to send them an accolade. I wouldn't, to, to, to the average person I think that has a PS5, they don't even know this feature existed. That's why it wasn't utilized. Now, that could you could say that's part of the developers for not, you know, doing that. But ultimately, I, I think this falls on Sony. Sony saying, oh, the players didn't use this. Well, Sony, you didn't advertise this to let us know that this was an option. They should have made it mandatory is what they should have done. Or at least kind of give you like a pop-up option or something after a round or a match is over to say, you know, kind of like, I don't know if it did it in Mortal Kombat 11 or not, Tricky, but just to kind yeah. of like prod you every great now and again, hey, seems like you had a good match. You want to give an accolade? Well, and I, I, I've had that, I've said that uh, a small complaint I had with the five is that they didn't do a good job with explaining all of its features when you fired up the system. Uh, yeah, with, with Mortal Kombat 11, at, when I went into a King of the Hill match, there was like seven of us in the match. After each person fought, you could give them an accolade, and then after the first time, it didn't ask you again, because I, I guess you can't say more than one accolade at a time. But it Mortal Kombat 11, for you know what it is, did make good use of it, but uh, again, you know, they ported Mortal Kombat 11 to the 5, so... They added that feature in, but I don't think there's a lot of games that did it, or at least none that I've come across. And, you know, not to knock on Sony, but it's a reality is there's not a lot of PlayStation 5, you know, exclusive games. Like everything's either has a four version of it or whatnot. So I don't think Sony really gave it time to be integrated properly. And again, they didn't really advertise it, so you don't really, you didn't even know it existed. I mean, Alison, you you had your systems for a year now, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, what your yield had it for a year. He just hadn't played it for a year. Right. So I, 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 I think this really falls on Sony. I mean, Sony saying, "Oh, well, the the players didn't really utilize it." Well, Sony, that's kind of your fault. You didn't advertise. They can't it. utilize it if they don't know about right. it. That's true. Also, I, I I ask myself, it's like, if someone gave me something like an accolade, would I care? Would I really care? No, probably not. I mean, thanks, but it's not going to change my day in the least. Well, I don't, I don't think, does it mean, does it help you personally? But I think it does it kind of give you a better rating within the gaming community, and that way other people see that, oh, well, he seems like he's a person that's gotten good accolades, and he might be a good teammate. But then again, if you don't know to look for that option, what good does that do you? Something like that would work, but Sony would have to have their whole online community 
built around something like that. Whereas, so, so like some games have gone to the point of, I forget what game it, game it was, but like if you're constantly cheating or stuff like that, then they tag you as such, and then you can only play with fellow cheaters. Dirty that way it keeps, is what they is. It, it, yeah, they, it keeps everybody, you know, keeps the good or the non-cheater separated from that. So if they were to include that in their whole online system to where, you, you like Tricky said, everybody does it, but, you know, hey, this guy's a good teammate. This guy's horrible. And then it would, in essence, group people that way to weed out the non, you know, helpful to the helpful. Then I think people would use that system more often. Of course, then you got the people who would always, oh, yeah, this guy's great and he's a douchebag, but. And I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but I often get a lot of uh, random Facebook or friend requests on PSN, uh, and I have to send a message saying, hey, do I know you? If I could somehow see it in their profile when they sent me a friend request and saying, okay, this guy plays Rocket League and he has 50 accolades saying he's a good teammate, well, then that might help me whether or not to accept the friend request or not. So I think that's where it could have been really used well. Uh, just, just out of curiosity, you guys hear the train when it goes overhead? Oh, it's a train. I thought it was a plane going overhead. No, there's like a train that goes over my head like every five minutes. Oh well, yes, I can hear it. <laughs> okay, uh, going on to the next story, coming from Ryan Lesson over at IGN, Assassin's Creed Valhalla might be getting a Iron Man inspired armor set. As spotted on Eurogamer, data miner Andy Reloads has found some sleek new armor hidden within the game's files, which could be released in a future update. The Advanced Mechanics armor set gives the users the ability to use a chest-mounted energy beam, much the same as Iron Man's Unibeam. The set comes in two colorways, with the Copper Edition very much looking like Iron Man's red and gold attire, a second Iron version is sleek white tank that takes on a look more akin to a Star Wars Stormtrooper. Neither includes a reference to the movies in question, so it seems these might be cheeky references rather than an official crossover. While wearing this new armor set, your battle cry ability is replaced with the Unibeam, a forward-firing beam of energy that seemingly does an area of effect and fire damage. Additionally, the advanced mechanics armor set includes other bits and pieces uh, that I'm not going to go through all their names. Uh, when these new items will be available in-game remains to be seen. Especially as Andy Mueller has previously posted about the still unreleased set that seems to reference Thanos as far as back as May. Alright, so I'm going to ask this question because if you're calling it the Advanced Mechanics Armor Set, that sounds a little bit too too much like AIM to me, which is a Marvel reference. Uh, I'm going to go to Homer first. Homer, uh, if this is true and it you know is some kind of homage to Iron Man, doesn't this would this take you out of the the satin that you're trying to encap like to to put in such future futuristic tech into the game? I, I was kind of thinking that, especially with the whole the uni beam, the 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 chest laser kind of thing. Uh, if that is true, and if that's a feature they're going to turn on, if you're going to do that, then my subsequent question would be: Is can I fly? Because if you're going to give me a laser beam. Well, or, you know, I'm doing my air quotes for Dr. Evil. If you're going to give me a freaking laser, you might as well give me the freaking ability to fly, too. Because if you're not, then... But, I, you know, I, as as cool as that Assassin's... Or not Assassin's Creed, but as cool as the Iron Man armor looked, I want the Stormtrooper one. 
I think I'd rather have that. I mean, I can't say that I, I, I don't appreciate I don't appreciate nods to current pop culture because I'm sure it's not an official crossover because then you got to pay licensing fees. So this is your best way to get around licensing fees is it looks really close, but it's different. Just just different enough. Just different enough. Yeah, it's not Iron Man. It's Tungsten Man. Tungsten Man. But it it would greatly feel out of place being in you're back in Viking time and yet you're you have a beam weapon coming out of your chest. So yeah. I really hope it's not true because this kind of tech was not available during this time period and I do appreciate Ubisoft's kind of adherence to, you know, being faithful to recreating these these worlds, the cities, you know, the countries, just the mythos. And, you know, they're not going to get everything 100%. I get that. It's almost impossible. But they do put a lot of hard work into it. And to throw something like this in there, it's it like Yield and, and Homer said, it's really out of place and I don't like it. Get it out. I don't want it. Not to be like party pooper, but it looks cool. It just has no place in Assassin's Creed game set during the Vikings, time, the time, uh, during the time of the Danes. Like, why is this here? But Alex, you could be a flying Viking. Well, then give me like a Pegasus or something and not like an armored. I'd, I'd give me some mythological creature I can fly on and not an armored suit that, you know, a billionaire playboy philanthropist would wear however many years later. <laughs> Speaking of many years later, six years after its announcement, Beyond Good and Evil 2 hires its lead writer. Six years good. later? Has it really been six years? Are you kidding? Well, it's been more than six years since the teaser trailer. Oh, wow. Wow. Coming from IGN and written by Casey, da- Casey David uh, Taylor. Uh, in a tweet yesterday, Sarah Arello... I can't say the name. A-R-E-L-L-A-N-O. Announced that she was joining the game as its lead writer. She previously worked on an editor director as on Blizzard for World of Warcraft and Advolition, the studio responsible for Saints Row. Beyond Good and Evil 2 was officially announced in 2017 at E3. The game will serve as a prequel to the original game with promises of being able to explore alone over the friends and its massive and ambitious world. Beyond that announcement, there has not been a lot of meaningful news since. We've gotten a look at some cool concept art and another look at the game at E3 in 2018. The last glimpse we saw of the game gave us a glimpse at Jade from the first game, seemingly as a villain. Ubisoft initially planned for a beta at the game to be available at the end of 2019, but that never came to fruition. Beyond Good and Evil 2 also lost its director in 2020, leaving the game status even more up in the air. Since then, the game has gotten a mention in Ubisoft's earning reports, confirming it is still around in some capacity. Then earlier this year, a report came out saying that the game was still in pre-production, the news of the game getting its lead writer, however, is a good step forward. So I looked this up, and the game initially was teased. They had a teaser trailer back in 2008. That's when this game what? first showed up. 14 years ago? Yeah. Damn. I knew it was over 10 years, but I didn't know exactly that it was 14. But yeah, this game, when, you know, they, they threw... 
We're we're at Duke Nukem Forever levels now, yeah, folks. Yeah, you talk about developmental hell. This is it. This game has been severely mismanaged by Ubisoft, and yeah, yeah. Which is which is a shame because I I remember playing through the first one many moons ago, and I I can't recall if I beat beat it or not, but it was it had a good story, it had a good gameplay, um, and then when they initially announced that you know hey we're going to do um, Beyond Good and Evil two, it's like yes. You know, this is one of those underutilized properties that had a, a great start, and this is a great way to kind of branch into an area uh, for unfamiliar stories and, and just kind of, you know, kind of make it your own thing and maybe even branch out to even more uh, of, a, of a growing franchise. And then <laughs> 2008, I still can't wrap my head around that. When they showed that teaser trailer, it was like, yes, this is it. But then unfortunately, just for like the last 14 years, it just seems like they've shelved it once again, and it's just been neglected all over again, so... Just wow. But yeah, uh, hiring a, a lead writer is definitely a step in the right direction after so many years. Yeah, and they, well, they, it was originally on the release on the PS2, and then they came out with on the PS3, and, uh, oh, 2011 is when they came out for the PS3, so I don't know if they they released that teaser trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2 thinking that they would like partnered along with the re-release of, of Beyond Good and Evil on the PS3, and they would get some synergy there, but yeah. So, I mean, they gave more people a chance to play it on the PS3 since it was kind of a cult hit on the PS2. And my guess is they probably wanted to get Beyond Good and Evil 2 out there, you know, to capitalize on whatever fanfare they had after the PS3 re-release. But yeah, almost a decade of silence until 2017. And here we are, and we're still like, well, I guess this game's coming out. Like, you, I mean, just poor management by Ubisoft. Like, why don't don't be half-hearted about it? Don't be lukewarm about a project. If you're gonna do something like this, go all in on it, and, and you know, because you could have had it out by now. So, 2003 was when it was initially released on the uh, PS2, Xbox, and GameCube. So, we're talking five years after that. They show a teaser trailer for the proposed sequel, and then here we are, 19 years later, and still bubkus. Well, no, they showed that one trailer. A few years ago, because that was when I was like, "Holy shit, this game looks amazing!" Right, yeah, yeah, but, that, but but that was only a CG trailer, by the way. That that showed no game gameplay at all. It was, but but still, it it had enough. One, you're a space pirate, and it was like, "Oh, that's cool, space pirates!" And then the monkey is throwing out these just hilarious lines, and it's like, "All right, I like the writing, I like I like the setting, I like where this is going." Now you've got me excited enough. Now I want to see your gameplay. To see if I'm all in on this. And that was five years ago, I think. Was it 2017, 2018? So we're five, six years And according ago. to Wikipedia, a producer on the original project was Yves Gilmott, which is the current CEO of Ubisoft. So a guy who worked on the project is currently CEO. You figure he would be the one to be able to get this stuff done. And yeah, just... I, I, I like this... Uh... We always, for the most part, we always get, we take our news from IGN. Their little uh, headline, this is why I always say it's bad about uh, some of some videos. Beyond Good and Evil 2 gameplay demo, E3 2018. That was not a gameplay demo. It was a CG de- trailer. Oh. Yeah, I remember the backlash it got for that. Yeah, I remember chuckling. It was like, where was the gameplay? Anyway, I just wanted to point that out. All right, well, speaking of people that don't learn, EA is still putting their foot in their mouth. 
Uh, come it's it's genetic at EA. You walk in and you just start to do this shit. <laughs> you just yeah. <laughs> Coming from my if if you don't do it, then something must wrong. have like a gravitational field. As soon as you walk in the door, your head goes right up your butt. All right. So <laughs> you guys remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about the bad joke the EA played on Twitter, saying there are ten, but they only like playing single player games. Yeah. Well. <laughs> They're still doing damage control. Coming from IGN and written by Ryan Leston, EA says single-player games are, quote, really, really important, end quote, part of its portfolio after the controversy. I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm going to read their quote. Uh, Quote, the way we think about games is really less about which game and... Excuse me. Let me start that again. The way we think about this is really less about which game and more about which motivations these games fulfill. So we know that our players, they have these core motivations, inspiration, escape, social connection, competition, self-improvement, creation. These things that bring us together as players of games and the creation of worlds that the, and the building of characters. And the telling of stories is really important in the fulfillment of some of those motivations. End quote. Some of those motivations. So you so that storytelling would be the main part of of single player games. So if it's really really important, but telling stories, <laughs> it's some of the motivation. Oh, jeez, Homer. I mean, let's let's just get down to brass tacks. I mean, what's where, where's all the sexy money at? It's in your multiplayer games. I mean, you're going to get your your you know, skins and your weapons and your costumes and all this and that. And it's all going to come from, you know, all, all the, I want to, I hate to use the phrase microtransactions, but that where it's come from. Single player games, what do you have? You have maybe DLCs that you can charge for. And then once you've done that, you might expand to another DLC. But after a year or two or three, you're basically done with that IP. You're basically done with that single player story. And you really can't milk that for any more than what it's worth. And that's where I think EA came from with its comment. And that's where a lot of the trends in gaming is going. I get it. Multiplayer. But at the same time, you can't neglect single player. I mean, it's still a pretty big part of a lot of gamers' lives. Well, going on what you just said, Homer, I just read, I scrolled down more on the article. A quote from EA's CFO, Chris Shu. Quote, as we think about the model impact and the financial impact of that, the first thing to always keep in mind is that our live services still encompass over 70% of our business. And that has been a proven, very reliable, highly re- reoccurring revenue stream. And that will still be the predominant driver in our P&L, which is Brosnan Lawfit, long term. End quote. Just follow the money trail. Hopping down the money trail. Dibbity hoppity. Alex, you want to say anything about this? Well, I mean, so back, I think it was when Jeff was on that we talked about this, but I... So, I mean, people kind of, some people took that as a harmless joke by EA and people, and then thought people who were jumping on EA on Twitter about this were overreacting. And I'm like, well, also, you can look behind the veil and see that EA kind of feels this way. So there is some kind of darkness shrouded in this, what you would think is a lighthearted tweet. So honestly, I don't have a problem people calling out EA. But also, you look at someone like Sony, which behind Tencent is the highest revenue generating company in video games, and what's their bread and butter? It's single player story games. They don't do a ton of multiplayer stuff. So clearly, Sony is doing something right with their games, 
and they're making a lot more money than a lot of people. So clearly single player games can be a very attractive part of your portfolio. I just think, I don't know, it seems like the stuff that people really, really enjoy from EA is not the multiplayer stuff. Like, look at how bad Anthem shit the bed when that came out. Look at the Battlefront, all like the loot boxes and like all the controversy surrounding, you know, um, uh, everything in, in uh, Battlefront 2. And then you start see stuff like Battlefield Bad Company and Dead Space. Like a lot of people's favorite things from EA was their more single player focused stuff. So I don't know why that they're and you know, EA, as they try to over monetize everything, can't really seem to get the multiplayer stuff straight because people just hate them and complain about them all the time. Yeah, and the sad thing was too, Anthem Anthem was kind of a great example because you were basically playing as Iron Man. How did you screw that up? And you're playing Iron Man in the height of the Marvel craze, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, so just to give context uh, to the quote, because I, I think that, you know, if I fall, what EA was trying to do was there's a current trend going around on social media saying, you know, like the, people asking people like uh, they say Homer's a 10, but he likes pineapple. Thanks, Kitten. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so like you say it, it, it goes around saying like Homer's a 10 but he eats pineapple on his pizza would you rate him that's the kind <laughs> of joke they were going for yeah it, it was a TikTok trend that you would name someone like you would rate someone really high and then say something negative about them or you would say oh they're a 6 but then like they save senior citizens from burning you know nursing home fire nursing home fires so it was just kind of one of those TikTok trends that people were trying to get in on on Twitter and EA trying to be cheeky about it got the got the wrong end of the beaten stick from the community. Uh, all right, so more we got more EA news coming from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN. Uh, EA's CEO responds to acquisition rumors. "Quote: We couldn't be in a stronger position as a standalone company." End quote. With the finalization of Activision Blizzard's acquisition by Microsoft imminent, EA is on the cusp of taking its place as the largest major standalone developer and publisher in the industry which of course has sparked plenty of questions about whether or not EA itself might be acquired. One of those rumors cropped up last May in a Puck report. Puck, P-U-C-K. I don't want anybody to think I said fuck report. That revealed EA had been approached by Comcast CEO Brian Roberts about a potential acquisition, but it fell apart due to disagreements over the price and structure. Though EA has reportedly declined to comment on rumors and speculation, CEO Andrew Wilson did answer a question on the subject of the acquisitions during a uh, during today's Q1 earnings call, reiterating that he didn't think the publisher could quote be in a stronger position as a standalone company end quote. Another quote goes on to say, "Our objective is always to take care of our people, our players, and our shareholders." He continued, "There should there should there ever be a way for us to do that differently than the way we've been doing it today? I of course would be open to that." But I would tell you that we feel very confident and excited for our future, end quote. So it sounds to me like Andrew Wilson is saying that EA is not going to be acquired anytime soon. Alex, you were the one of the people that says EA uh, might be the next major acquisition. What do you want to say about this? I, I never I don't believe I ever said that they would be the next major acquisition. I saw that they were there were reports that they were shopping themselves and they were interested in being purchased. But I, I mean, I think almost any other game company would be more purchasable than EA because EA is in that period, in that kind of space where they're more, far more expensive than your Capcoms, your Square Enix, your Ubisoft. 
but not quite as you know expensive as Activision. But still, you look at who can buy them. Who's going to buy them? Nintendo's not going to buy almost anybody ever. Sony doesn't have the money, and Microsoft, if they try to buy EA, then you really get into antitrust territory there. So, I mean, I I don't see anybody possibly buying EA. And if someone was willing to buy EA, EA would have to knock down the sale price because, again, who's going to be able to buy them except for Microsoft? Microsoft has the money, but could they get away with a purchase of, of EA given how big EA is after they just purchased Bethesda and Activision? All right, yield. Besides from the random Star Wars games that they put out, EA really doesn't push anything that is in my wheelhouse. So, I mean, I'm sure that there are, obviously, there are millions of gamers that love EA games. I am just not one of those. So, I, I find it, I find it hard to believe, even though I can see that they are making money. As far as them being in the strongest possible position they can be, as far as a standalone company, I think the best thing for that company would be to be bought. I think that if that's a thought process at EA, and it's like, hey, publicly we'll say this, but privately, yeah, we probably should be bought. I think that'd be great because they've had a lot of, like like was brought up earlier, a lot of stick your foot in your mouth moments. You know, especially after John Riccatello was there for two terms as a EA CEO, but they're they're one of those companies that probably needs to be purchased and have another company run them or somebody else come in and take over because the people they bring in can't seem to get the sh- get the shit together. Like, sure, you may be making money, but there's a very negative perception of your game company, and you someone probably needs to come in and just overtake you to kind of shed finally shed that once and for all. See, to me, when, when I see EA, or I think about EA, the main thing I think about is they're all the sports games, the Maddens, the, the NBA Live, FIFA, the NHL. NHL. Well, they, they lost FIFA, don't, didn't don't, they? Yeah, they don't have FIFA anymore, but, but until then, yeah, they, you're, you, think, you think all your sports, football, baseball, well, baseball, not anymore because they, they do their own thing. So football, hockey, they just lost soccer, uh, and NBA, NAS, well, they did, they did do NASCAR for a while. They don't do that anymore, but yeah. You know, just my point being is that the way I found EA was through the sports games. And even today, like, I know that EA is behind Star Wars. Uh, but Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen no, no, Order. no. I was just trying to get my point, my thought together. It It takes me a second to realize EA made that game. Because to me, even to this day, when I think of EA, I think of Madden, I think of the sports games. I don't think of them as the people that made The Sims. I don't think of them as the people that made Star Wars Fallen Order. You know, it, it, that just doesn't occur to me. So, well, they published it, right? It was it was Respawn that made Fallen Order. Well, EA owns Respawn. Oh, okay. Well, take it back. If EA was to, quote-unquote, sell... I don't want to see somebody buy EA. I, I want somebody to go in and buy the IPs because you know EA. For we a couple of years ago, we had the conversation when EA uh, fucked up Battlefront Two so much that there was talks about Disney pulling the Star Wars license from them to get you know be, uh, better Star Wars games out there. Now all of a sudden, we, they come out with Fallen Order and. 
I mean, we all like Fallen Order. I mean, it's not a bad game in any way, shape, or form. So it's to me, I'd rather see somebody go in and take buy the the IPs indirectly rather than buy the company. And Homer, I don't know how you feel, but you uh, you're the only one who hasn't spoken on this yet. No, I I my my thoughts parallel pretty close to what Alex had said earlier. Um, you know, I I just think they're you're right now with how the field looks. I think they're just too big for anybody to make a move on them, but Microsoft, and then you kind of get into those murky waters of the uh, the antitrust, like what Alex was saying earlier. But I will add that everybody always says we're not for sale until the right guy with the right amount of zeros on the check shows up. Time to check my social media. All right, so Homer, I know you've heard the sound, even though you just just didn't hear it live. What's your opinion on the sound bite? I hear it every week, and every week I want more. Time to check my social media. All right, another one for the good guys. All right, so our first question comes from, oh, look at that. It's from Homer. (laughs) Homer wants to know, what is one song from your youth that's generally well-liked or loved that you simply hate. I'll, I'll get the ball. Actually, I'll get the ball rolling on this one. If you don't okay, like it. it is Red Red Wine by UB40. Freaking hate that song. I hate that song too. And Alex, it just seems like it was so well loved back in the 90s. I just, I never understood it. Ugh, hate that song. All right, yield. 99 Red Balloons. People love it and I hear it and I'm just like, no. No, I don't really wasn't like that. Was that like one. on a rock band, or was that on Guitar Hero or something like that? Was it a I featured think so. song? One of and the, it was like one of those when you roll your it, eyes whenever it come up. It's like, oh god. I I, I know ninety nine balloons was in uh, uh just dance because Sweet One D love play love dancing to that song. <sighs> I'm a little surprised nobody said Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba, but um, all right, I got I got my answer now. You know, I, I don't mind that every once in a while. I was going to say, kinda, yeah. Ah, yeah. Once you hear that every, that, like, that six good. or seven years, it's like, oh, this ain't bad. Uh, among the songs that I can think of that were really popular, like, one of the songs they used to play on rock radio all the time was, was it Aaron Lewis and uh, Fred Durst? Was it Outside? That song that was... Oh, I love that song. I hate that song. I, I And the fact that I heard it so much made it that much worse. You know you know what the... I... I, I I like the studio version more than I like the live version. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, I wasn't always a huge fan of Stained. I think their, uh, was it 13 Shades of Grey um, album that had Price to Play on it as the single, the first single. Like, I, that's kind of when I, I started to turn my opinion on them. But anytime I heard outside, that was a, that was a guaranteed channel changer. I, I didn't want to listen to that song at all. Aaron Lewis has such an amazing voice. I, I, I really liked him singing. Um, I also like My Wish by them, but that uh, Aaron Lewis's version of Bless the Broken Road is absolutely fantastic. Um, my answer, which uh, I know that I shouldn't say this on the podcast because people are just going to tease me about it, is um, Hey Mickey. Hey Mickey, you're so oh, fine. Yes. You're so fine. Hey Tricky, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey Tricky, do do. Hey Tricky. The, the, well, the re- the reason I hate that song is because when I was younger, I lived with my grandmother, and my grandmother is absolutely obsessed with Disney. 
So any chance she had, she would buy me a shirt and had Mickey on it. So basically all through middle school, four out of five days, I was wearing a Mickey type shirt to school. Nice. And that, and then I'd walk down the halls and somebody would sing that song because they were teasing me. I grew to absolutely fucking hate that song. Ah, the 80s. One hit wonders. All right. Next question comes from Matt G. What's one genre of games that you would not play even if it has the easiest platinum to get? Now, uh, Nitro said Rat Spam, but I I wouldn't count Rat Spam as a genre. Shouldn't we at this point? Uh, so what's jo- one genre of uh, games, Homer, that you would not play even if it had the easiest platinums to get? Uh, that's that's a good question. Um, I detest like life simulation games. I, even though I I play Stardew Valley, but like The Sims, kind of life games like that, I absolutely abhor, and I would not give them a second of my time. All right, Alex, turn-based strategy games. I, I don't like the turn-based stuff. I mean, sure, I play Pokemon, but that's, like, turn-based for babies. So, and that's more about, like... RTSs are pretty rough. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you on that one, Alex. Yep. All right, Yield? Pro- pro- probably fighting games. Okay. Because I, I, I... Unless you make them super simple, like... Smackdown back on the PS1 where those controls were real simple. I, I, my head doesn't work around them very well and I don't play well with them. So I would say fighting games. Well, I wouldn't classify Smackdown as a fighting game. That's, I mean, yeah, I would, but, but you, you get what I'm saying. I, I know what you're saying. To me, to, to, to me, those controls were simple. Up was a move, down was a move, you know, down in X and down in circle. That was, but when you gotta do, up, up, diagonal, left, down, B, square, triangle, L2, R2, go! To do one move, I'm just like, nah, man. That's, no. And you gotta do it, and, and you gotta do it real quick to get the, to get it off. If you screw up, you don't get it, and I'm, no. Yeah, I remember several no. years ago, you picked up, uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, or Fighters, uh, for, for yeah, us I for Christmas. Yeah, yet, but. And I, I popped that in yeah. shortly after you got that for me, and I was like playing through it, because I, I wanted to play as some of my favorite DBC characters like Trunks and Vegeta. And, you know, when you first start out the first few fights, it's like, yeah, yeah, I can get this. This is great. And then as soon as it goes to like an intermediate fight where you have to do some of those combos, it's like, yeah, I freaking suck. Uh, And my answer is going to be horror games. I just, I have no interest in playing horror games. Oh, yeah, I I can definitely see that. I I, can agree with that. yeah. Yeah. You probably have eight reasons why, I would say. <laughs> well Thank played. You. Thank you. Well played. Well played. You'll be here all week. This but... is the reason why I probably won't be back on for another six years. <laughs> all right. And then Deuce also wants to know and when are we going to see a Homer spin off RPG centric podcast? Oh, geez. Yeah. I really need to get that off the back burner, don't I? I've had that shelf for a little while. Um, uh, is, is, is Dupes offering? Does he want to be a co host? Maybe we could work something out. All right. All right. So, Dupes goes on to say another question. Playing a lot of backlog games recently, what's one game you're ashamed of having sat in your backlog? And what's a game you put off play- 
put you played after putting it off for so long and thought, damn, that was good. So let's start with the first one. What game is in your backlog that you're ashamed of? Uh, Alex, we'll start with you because you said you really don't have a backlog. No, I don't, but I would say that I'm kind of, I look back, I mean, I, I, I don't know, it, I guess it didn't make a difference in the end, but, you know, waiting so long to play Assassin's Creed Origins, it's like, you know, I... All right, hold on, hold on, don't, get, don't, go, don't go to the second part of the what? question. I don't have a backlog. What? Okay, so then we'll move on, we'll come back oh to that. Gosh. You? Don't, <laughs> oh my gosh, me. Wow. See, I've got so many games in my backlog. So, um, probably the Assassin's Creed games, because I, I, I've started kind of stockpiling those, because um, I really want to get the Black Flag, but I want to play through the others before I get the Black Flag. That way I understand the nods and kind of the story. Um, no Man's Sky, I started it and then kind of stopped, and I really need to get back to it, since, especially since they put all the work into it. Ah, crap. I'll stop for there right now. Something else may pop into my head as we go along, but those two definitely. All right, Homer? Well, I would also say uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. I know I just finished it, but. Okay. Well, that's not in my backlog. That's part of the next question. Never yes. mind. Those two. Go. Homer. I, I would say the one I just recently repopped in and started playing the game would be The Witcher 3. When I bought my PS4 seven years ago, something like that. I bought the first two games I bought was Final Fantasy 15 and The Witcher 3. And immediately I played Final Fantasy 15, but when I got that one uh, wrapped up, I popped into Witcher 3. It was just coming off um, a, a lengthy JRPG, and I thought, eh, I really don't have another RPG in me right now. So I popped it out, put it on my shelf, and, and every great now and again, as I'm looking through my, my games, I come across The Witcher, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I really should play that. So I'm going to go with that one. That one's been on my shelf for far too long. All right, and my answer, uh, ironically, is both games of the series, I did the exact same thing. I bought it and then didn't start playing it for a year after. And so my answer is going to be Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, the first one I bought and literally sat in the plastic for over a year before I even popped it in. And I waited so long to play that. And then now Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, like I've had the game, started playing it, and then just I couldn't get into it. And... It's been sitting in my backlog, and I know it's one of those good games that i got to go back and play. I just don't have a desire to play it right now. All right, so circling back to Alex, since he already started answering it, uh, what's a game you put off playing for so long and thought, damn, that was so good? So, Alex? It is Assassin's Creed Origins. I don't know why I waited so long to play it, but, you know, having now played it, I probably should have played it sooner. All right, yield. Uh... Saints Row 3, Uncharted Lost Legacy, like I said in the Backlog Beatdown group that, or Backlog Beatdown 3 group, that uh, Lost Legacy is easily my third favorite Uncharted game. So those two right off the top of my head. The first two being 3 and 2? No, the first two being 2 and 1. Really? Yes. Okay. Two by far, two by far is the best Uncharted game, and I will die on that hill and take everybody with You're not me. Wrong. I mean, it's it's not a wrong answer. It's uh, it's it's a great uh, answer. I like I like I like the first one very much. It, it's hard to knock that one down. I would then go with uh, Lost Legacy because, as the brain and I was talking about this during SummerSlam, they they don't have a lot of the filler chapters. 
that the later Uncharted games seem to have, where it's like, man, this game is this game should be over by now. Not that you're upset, but you're like, when you go back and you replay them for like the platinum, you're like, we could do without this section of the story and this section of the story, and it would still be great. Where Lost Legacy is just straight to the point, and and we're going through it, and I really like that, and it and it still feels like a full game in nine chapters. I was going to say, I, I find the Uncharted games are a lot like the Indiana Jones series of movies. There's there's no wrong answer unless it's Crystal Skull. Yes. And then I would say after uh, Lost Legacy, I would go Golden Abyss. And then it's really a toss-up between three and four for the last spot. Because while I really liked the pirate aspect of four, four doesn't really need to happen. And three... It feels like they, while it's good, it wasn't going to live up to two's, ex- two's standard that it set. And it it had too many of the big set pieces. One especially being the ship. You could take that whole chapter out and the game's still really good. You, you don't need it. It was like, oh, hey, look, we got this ship piece. Ah, we'll just write it in the story here. All right. So, like I said, like I said, that's just my opinion. Everybody else's is different. But I will die on my hill that two is the best. All right. Uh, Homer, before I let you answer, uh, you brought up Indiana Jones. Did you ever hear the controversy behind Raiders of the Lost Ark? What controversy? Probably, but what controversy? It, okay. Uh, I'm reading from an article because I want to get this right. It's a commonly held belief that Indiana Jones did nothing to affect the Raiders of the Lost Ark plot and is not wrong at uh, they said that if Indiana Jones was not in the movie, uh, everything still would have happened the exact way it happened, and Indiana Jones did nothing to uh, change the story at all. Yeah, I think I read that theory a while ago. Yeah, basically, if you take his character out, then you know the, the Nazis wind up doing what they do anyways, and then the Ark of the Covenant, and they all get you know whooshed up anyways. So, yeah, but I mean, it's Indiana Jones, you know. He's got to be in it. He's got he's got the whip. He's whipping people, and he shoots that guy. That was great when he shot that guy. All right, coming from Screen Rant, it says when Indiana Jones arrives in Cairo, the Nazis already have a, a had dig well underway. At, uh, however, they're digging in the wrong place, and Indiana Jones manages to locate the Ark's true location, only to have the relic stolen out from underneath him by the Nazi forces. However, it seems the Nazis would have found the Ark of the Covenant regardless, as they were only a short way from its resting place with their own excavation. Had Indiana Jones not gotten involved, it may have taken them a little while longer, but the Nazis would have found the Ark eventually. This apparent narrative redundancy is what led uh, to the often perpetrated thing that Indiana Jones does nothing to affect the plot of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nah, I don't necessarily agree with that, but okay. Alright, so going back to the question, uh, Homer... What's one game that you played after putting it off for so long and thought, damn, that was good? Uh, I think I have two, because I think I got both of these games for my birthday a couple of years back. It would be uh, Fallen Order and Yakuza Like a Dragon. And while it hasn't been on my backlog as long as The Witcher 3, when I finally did get around to playing those games, oh my god, those games both are, to me, must-plays on the PS4. Or... PS5. Now. Play them now. Fantastic games. My answer is going to be Mad Max. Because uh, Mad Max came out at the same time uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 did. 
Was it five or four? I don't remember. I don't know. It was the same time as the movie. Yeah, so uh, Mad Max was, is my answer to that. All right. So, it is a good game. And I don't know why I'm going to ask uh, ask this question, but, you know, if a listener sends in a question, I feel obligated to answer it. But I really don't want to go down this path with you guys. But Rick <laughs> it's said, about food, Rick, isn't it? <laughs> it's it about is. food, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Peanut butter on everything. Uh, Rick, wants, <laughs> Rick uh, asked this question. Let's resurrect this. Why? Pizza with four toppings, what are you having? Obviously, cheese and tomato base is a given, and it doesn't count towards the toppings unless you want to swap that out for something else. Please don't do that, gentlemen. Thin crust, stuffed crust, deep pan, etc. And what dip are you having to dunk those crusts in? Alright, so let's break this down piece by piece. Alice will go first. What four toppings are you putting on your pizza? Well, I'll put some black olives on there and some mushrooms. Get some sausage and some ham. I think that's a good way to start. All excellent. All Which excellent ham? choices. Are are we going Canadian? Just traditional ham. Canadian traditional? ham is bacon. No, no, because Canadian ham is the cubed ham. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go the triangles of ham, the little the little triangles with like the uh, the okay. rounded edge on the end. Yeah, the slices, if you will. Yeah, not not like the little tiny yeah. like Lincoln logs of ham. Like I think what is it, Papa John's that does that? Yes. Okay. Yes, Papa John's. Does okay. That. This this is where I'm gonna regret this question, Homer. What four toppings <laughs> you put on your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Pepperoni yeah, or well, b- b- peanut butter, uh, bananas. Have you had dessert pizzas? I mean, those are. Those <laughs> can, are can, can we have a legit, um, honest answer, not a troll answer? Those are pretty good. My my usual f- go to four toppings, I would say, would be like pepperoni, bacon, uh, green bell pepper, and banana peppers. And if my wife's not around, I would swap the green bell peppers for jalapenos. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. You, what did you? Would you think he's going to put like uh, shreds pe- of shoe, like worn tennis shoe yeah. on there? <laughs> yeah. I, I, Raw leather. I thought, <laughs> I thought there was some part he was going to say sauerkraut. Well, now I mean, don't knock it. I don't stop. No, I have no, had. Don't stop. I have had kraut. <laughs> no, no, no. Pizza. We're not doing this. We're not. We're not. We're not making tricky barf on a podcast. I'm doing the chef's kiss, y'all. It was. It was. No, great. dude. Pickle, pickles on pizza are fantastic. Now cheeseburger pizzas, yes. Toppings. You can get like a cheeseburger pizza and have like uh, like a mustard based sauce and pickle chips. Do you, oh my! Please tell dude. me that I put mustard dude. on pizza. Let me, dude. Let me. Oh god, that's so good. Taco, taco pizza yes. is also another, another good great one. one. Yes. <laughs> Again oh. with the jalapenos and the sour cream. Gentlemen, sour cream on top. Gentlemen, focus, oh. focus, focus. What about some Ortega? Like Ortega taco sauce as the base on a taco pizza? Oh my god. Well, no, see, see that they give to you on the side, so you can put on top of that with the sour yes. cream. Rick, if Alex leaves this, in, is, leaves this in the show, I hate you for bringing this up. <laughs> Yield your four toppings. <laughs> uh, pepperoni, sausage, mushroom, and if I'm not going onion, I'm going Canadian bacon, which is the Excellent. square ham. Excellent choices. Meat. I'm going Meat. pepperoni. I'm going extra cheese, because I love some extra cheese. Uh, buffalo chicken. And what's the other top one? Sausage. We'll go with that. I can get down with that. Pork, pork or beef? Uh, pork. 
I didn't think that you in New York were allowed to put more than two, like one, like one topping on pizza, or maybe two. Like I thought you had your pizza had to be as boring as possible. No. Yeah, cheese and pepperoni. Anything else is not pizza. No, no. Listen, next time I get a chance, I'll go into a pizzeria down here and I'll take a picture of the, sh- the shells, and you guys can see all the different pizzas. My problem consists with pizza with you guys is that you want to put the most ridiculous toppings on a pizza. Everything you guys said, I have to give you credit for, was civilized. But the the second Homer said he wanted to put mustard on there, I wanted to gag. Dude, cheeseburger cheeseburger pizza. It's a cheeseburger. There's not a fucking such thing as a cheeseburger pizza. You either have a cheeseburger or you have a pizza. There's no fucking such thing as a cheeseburger pizza. I, I can go downstairs and get my local pizza place's menu. Just because some hillbilly redneck piece of shit pizza place wants to put it on the menu does not make it a fucking real thing. Papa Murphy's Papa Murphy's has had a cheeseburger pizza in the past. Who the fuck is Papa See, Murphy? That's not the grossest even. Did, did y'all remember the cicada pizza picture I shared with y'all where they put like the dead cicadas or it was, I should say, sterilized and cooked. And then they lined the crust with the cicada winks. Now, there's there's some lines that not even I would cross. That would be one of them. Yeah, I have seen that picture. Who, yeah, who I would, the fuck yeah, that's, I, that's a Wait, wait, who the fuck is Papa Murphy? It's a take-and-bake pizza chain. Yeah, it used to be a pizza chain where you, you go and you order a pizza pie, basically, and they, they gussy it up for you, but they don't bake it. And you take it home and you bake it yourself. So it's like a glorified, it's, it's really like a good. glorified cardboard pizza, if you will. But yeah, I mean, it had some pretty good. Uh, so is is this John's illegitimate non-cooking brother? Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, basically. Sure. Or, or you could say it's it's a it's a subway for pizza. More apropos. But, All right, but look, that cheeseburger pizza with that mustard drizzle on it—it's fantastic. Oh my god, you guys are gonna make me barf. Yeah, yeah that's good stuff. Well, do you want me, do you want me to tell you about no, the no, bacon no, ranch? No, no, ranch no, no, we're moving on. Yeah, that's good too. Oh good yeah, too. chicken bacon ranch is another whole animal altogether. Right. You know, with the we're, crumbled we're bacon. We're moving and on tomatoes. here. What type of crust do you guys oh, yeah. like? Do you like thin crust, stuffed crust, deep pan, etc.? What kind of crust do you like? We'll start with you, Alex. I'll take I'll take a thin crust, but also I can take you know just a, a moderate crust. I'm not you know deep dish is a little bit more bread than I would like, but uh, stuffed crust is good. But I mean, generally, I'll take any anything that you know is somewhere moderate to um, you know thin crust. I'll take any of that. I'm a stuffed crust all day, every day. Um, I do like a thin crust pizza, but it's got to be a good. It, there's a fine line between an over crispy and a crispy enough thin crust, so that way that because I put a lot of toppings on my pizza that you don't pick it up and they all fall off. So that's the only if I have about thin crust is is. I put a lot of toppings and they all fall off. So other than that, stuffed crust. Absolutely. Give me cheese stuffed right, in my crust. All of them. Why be picky? But it, it primarily depends on where you're getting it from. You know, if you're going to go for like a local mom and pop shop, you're going to get your like your hand toss. And then if you're going to go to like one of the bigger chains, you're going to get your stuffed crust. You're going to get your thin crust. However, whatever your druthers. But um, yeah, why be picky? Get them all. You're all good. Uh, I am a stuffed crust guy myself, but, um, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but I used to be a manager for Pizza Hut and I did every job in there. I started off as a cook, went to a driver, became the dough prep and became a manager. And the one thing that I always loved doing was taking a personal pan pizza and make it into a stuffed 
pan pizza. Take the dough, wrap Ooh. the wrap the cheese in the in the personal pan, and make that into a pizza. That was absolutely fucking good. Dude, you were onto something that, there. That, that, yeah, um, I like that. All right, and last question: What dip are you dunking your crust in? If you guys say anything besides pizza sauce, I'm gonna come across this computer and smack the shit out of you. <laughs> well. Oh, they start. Get start ready to me. start smacking. Oh <laughs> yeah, get ready to start smacking. Rick, I fucking hate you for bringing this up. Yield what's your answer? So, um, if you if it's not stuffed crust, then I I prefer the garlic sauce. Uh, um, um, other than that, you got stuffed crust. I would then go with pizza sauce. I mean, garlic sauce is fine too with it, but. Pizza sauce. Um, I'm I'm even okay with a nacho cheese dip, as well. But that that would be what I would go with. Those three, one of those three. Oh, a nice Dijon mustard or a whole grain mustard. That's really good with the uh, the pizza crust. Very nice. Um, no, I I don't eat pizza crust. I I generally leave the pizza crust to just toss it. I'm not a big fan of pizza crust. You savage, at least give the crust to Athena. She doesn't need to eat a bunch of bread. No, I mean, Pete, I like, when it comes to bread, I like it soft. So, like, breadsticks, those are perfectly fine, but a lot of crust is crunchy and crispier than I would like, and I, I'm not a big fan of crust. All right, Homer? We can go the uh, the bland route and say ranch, which is acceptable. That's uh, not acceptable. Some places have this, uh, this... That is that, acceptable. I, I, I'm not done yet. That has this uh, like sweet habanero uh, sauce that's like usually reserved for dipping wings. Uh, if you use your crust in that, I'm telling you, oh, it's got that sweet tang, but then it like hits in the back of your mouth. Ooh, doggy. That's a good eats right there. And the other thing that I like doing is uh, getting a stick of butter, melting it down, and dipping the bread in that. <laughs> Straight up butter? <laughs> Hey, I'm not arguing. That sounds great. Uh, and I, I will tell you this about New York pizza. It it can be argued, although I, I don't know which which way of the fence I really fall on. It can be argued that leftover cold pizza is better than freshly cooked pizza. That's not just in New York. Yeah, yeah. Depending on where you get, depending on where the pizza's from. Yeah, I can agree with that. I would say I like I like them equally, but I'm. You know, I, I I do like hot pizza, but at the same time, I also do enjoy going down the next morning and just getting a cold slice of pizza and just going at it. Ain't nothing better than getting a cold slice of pizza and a hot cup of coffee. All right, let me just make sure we don't have any more questions. Okay, now we can finally wrap up the show by going into our topic of the week. Uh, I did before. Uh, I did talk to Sid. He was unable to send a Sophie's trophies in this week as he was on vacation, or as he says, holiday. Oh, nice. What? I said, oh, nice. That's a very good reason not to. All right. So we're going to get into our topic of the week. Um, this article is coming from IGN and is written by Casey David Taylor. This guy's making an appearance after never being on the show before this week. Bungie employees were reportedly doxxed and bombarded with racial slurs and death threats. Two employees were targeted after a tweet was posted celebrating a cap collaboration with a streamer. Victi- employees of Bungie reportedly became the victims of harassment in June 
The harassment would lead to employees being doxxed and bombarded with racial slurs, phone calls, and text messages, and it would probably begin thanks to a tweet in a celebration with working with a popular Destiny 2 player. The harassment started after one of the Bungie employees tweeted about their new collaboration with African-American streamer Um Umamaz. That's U-H-M-A-A-Y-Y-Z-E. In early June for their game Destiny 2, the tweet would would lead to Dawson and death threats towards several Bungie employees. The tweet received a reply threatening to kill employees on June 14th. This was reportedly followed up by Bungie employees getting voicemails and texts on their personal phones from someone using an anonymous texting and calling app. One voicemail was left on the personal phone in line of the employee who posted the tweet. In it, the caller used racial slurs and requested Destiny 2 include violent and racially charged scenes or DLC. The employee's spouse, also a Bungie employee, received a text with the same request. Later, someone using the same phone number ordered a pizza to the couple's home after leaving a voicemail for them saying, enjoy your pizza. The event reportedly led, the, the event reportedly led them to call on the police to file a report. A Twitter user na- named Inkcel, I-N-K-C-E-L, was also making threats at the same time online and tweeted a photo of the Bungie employee's staff ID card. They tweeted they moved to live 30 minutes. They tweeted that they moved to live 30 minutes from the employee. Then two employees took to the court order to get the detection app and release the name of the person threatening them. Doxing and harassment is not a new good, not a new thing for the gaming community. Unfortunately, it's quite common. Many associate doxing with streamers, but it has happened in multiple gaming communities, including towards game developers for years. Earlier this month, a hotline was put in place to help streamers who were the target of hate raids. Uh, so that's the whole article. Please go give that a click. Uh, Homer, we'll start with you, sir. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. People are just dicks online. That's all it boils down to. It's it's deplorable. Why? What is what does it gain you to act like that? We live in a society. Yes. Come on, act like a freaking adult. That's that. Stop being a dick. That that, that yeah. Stop being a dick. I I I. I I lose faith in society every day that I live. <laughs> Let's just face it. But I, I really have no words. I mean, come you, on. You see crap like this, and, and you think for all the advances and all the steps forward together as a whole, as a collective that we have oh. made, and you see crap like this, and it's just like, again, it's like, why? What does it gain you? What does it gain you? I, I hate to be one of those people. But th- th- in this instance is where I like to blame social media, in a sense. And, and all oh, this is totally going to go wrong. But, like, sh- some streaming, in a sense. Because people act the dicks on streaming and stuff like that. So people are like, oh, that's pretty funny. I should act like that. And then it just multiplies. So I... I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be in this instance. All right. Alex? I mean, we just have way too many people in society that think that violent, they get pissed off way too easily over the dumbest things, and they think that violence or threatening people is the way to go, and that's that's how they're going to get what they want, or they're how they're going to scare other people. And I mean, people just, it's more than acting a fool. It's people acting inhumane, acting cruel, just acting like, completely awful and yeah i don't know why you would interact or why you would think that sending 
threats to anybody who works for a video game company that you're trying to get to stop doing something or to, you know, to to try to get some kind of DLC or something. I don't know why that would ever, you know, register in your brain as something appropriate to do. But, I mean, even in the case of Activision, like, you wouldn't send the company threats. You would let the natural course of justice hopefully take its course and, you know... Hopefully Activision would be held accountable for all the shit they've allowed and the people within the company that have done it would be held accountable. And yeah, but I mean, there, there's no need to act like this. I mean, over anything, but le- like, let alone, you know, video games and, you know, electronic entertainment. There's just no reason to go and, and threaten people to try and get your way or to try to exercise some form of power because you feel like you have that sense of anonymity on the web or, you know, heaven forbid somebody do something and actually go to somebody's house and actually try to, you know, attack them in real life or something like that. But there's there's no need for it, you know, in real life or, you know, in the online space. Just even the words are just going by too far. All right. Uh, before I make my comments, I just want to say my views and opinions are mine, not a entity, including the Department of Sanitation or New York City. Um, do you... Do, why do you feel like you need to say that? Like, I didn't say my opinions not that of do not represent that of Whole Foods Market Louisville. Like, because I actually got in trouble recently uh, with uh, a story I told on the Loop Brothers, and that's kind of why I did that. It's just, that leads into what I'm saying is, it, it, to me, it it's really sad that in today's society, especially with like you'll talk about social media. People have gotten a lot braver in what they say and do because they're hiding behind the keyboard and they think they can't be found. And it, it, it really pisses me off when you hear stories like this because we we don't have any information on who actually did it, like their their age or their their race or the you know anything about them. And if you think you can hide behind a keyboard and not know who the hell is saying things. Let me tell you something. In my younger days, I was not exactly on the up and up. And I, I used to be able to find out information very easily. There is no hiding on the internet. And, and people think that, oh, I could just type this on, uh, you know, on Twitter. Or I could type this in a text message and nobody will find me. They're going to fucking find you if they want to. Believe me when I say that. It, that... <sighs> That's a whole other level of stupid is why you would go to the links to send somebody a racist comment just because you're collaborating with an African-American streamer or, you know, or whatever the case may be. It is absolutely fucking ridiculous that the, the, the bravery that people have to speak when they know that they're not going to be punched in the face for things they say. I know as, much, as, as, as gentle as Alex is. If I stand in front of Alex, and Alex, I'm sorry for using this for example, but you just you're 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 too nice sometimes. I know that if I got in, if I was standing in front of Alex and I said something that crossed the line, there's a chance that Alex is going to punch me in my fucking face. But the, the people that think that oh, just because I'm on a keyboard and nobody knows who the hell I really am and blah 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 blah, that they can say whatever the hell they want. That shit pisses me the fuck off. You, you know, I, I get messages and I get trolled and all this other stuff. And kind of like, you know, Homer was referring to earlier where he he sent me the picture of the spider and like, ha, 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 ha. 
after the second one, I was like, yo, stop this shit. The third one really fucking pissed me off. Now, I, I banned Homer from the podcast, but I didn't really ban him. But I was pissed off enough to saying, like, I'm never fucking talking to Homer again. And 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 I'm not saying like Homer did it in a malicious way, but you know, at a certain point, you're gonna piss somebody off, and just because you're behind a keyboard doesn't mean you get away with it. I'm sorry, I'm 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 rambling on in my I'm on my soapbox, but this shit pisses me off to to no fucking level. Like, we all need to fucking grow up in society and understand. That just because you don't agree with something does not give you the fucking right to be mean to somebody or say disrespectful things to them or do anything to impact their lives. I may not agree with with Homer's and Alice's and Yield's fucking opinion about putting uh, peanut butter on fucking waffles, but at the end of the day, that's all they delicious. Oh, amazing. Listen, at the end delicious. of the day, that shit grosses me out. But I'm not going to go to some fucking level to 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 hurt them because I don't agree with their opinion. It, it It's fucking ridiculous and these people need to fucking stop. If, if you don't like something that somebody said on the internet, move on. There's a fucking reason why there's a follow and unfollow button. You don't like what this person said? Unfucking follow with them. It, 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 it's fucking ridiculous. And as a society, we need to grow the fuck up. I'm sorry. Somebody else talk, because I'm just going to keep going. One day, you need to get you the nice, biggest, thickest waffle you can find. Get you your get you your favorite peanut butter. It could be creamy, it could be crunchy, whatever. It doesn't matter. Nice and hot. Get you some peanut butter on that waffle. Get the peanut butter nice and melty. Slather that puppy in some maple syrup, and then just go to town. I'm telling you, on a cold winter day, that sticks to your ribs. Mm-hmm. Dang, that's good. Not happening. Hmm. You don't know what you're missing. It, I think we've all said ag- agreed and said the same thing. Basically, let's let's go ahead and close out the show. Yeah. Just don't be dicks. Play video games. Have fun. Don't be dicks. Especially don't be dicks in Rocket League. Yeah, please. <laughs> Homer, your shout out, sir. I'm gonna give. Um, I'm gonna steal a, a page from the book of Alex. And I'm going to give a big shout out to my wonderful wife. We're uh, approaching here in two months a pretty big milestone uh, for our marriage. It'll be 20 years this October. So a huge shout out to my wonderful wife who has put up with quite a bit <laughs> in those 20 years. Including putting peanut um, butter on waffles? Oh, she, hey, she's, she's on board. So you, there's no... That, she crossed that bridge years ago. So she's on board. Um Give a shout out to your listeners. Give a shout out to the, uh, the Trophy Horse group on Facebook. It's always fun to interact with everybody. Uh, and give a shout out to you, fine gents, for having me on the show tonight. It was a lot of fun. Uh, as always, a shout out to the Pimps and the Madams, the Whoredom, for interacting, playing some games with us, hanging out. Uh, shout out to Homer for showing up tonight and recording with us. It was a lot of fun. Shout out to uh, Gareth and Nitro and Alex for Rocket League Thursday. Uh, shout out to Nitro and the Brain 76 for running some Deep Rock Galactic on Friday. And uh, shout out to Alex and Tricky for recording this fine, warm August evening. Yeah, I'm getting, t- I'm ready for the autumn. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready for it to be 72 degrees and 
windows open and nice and cool. Screw the summer. It's been a little muggy this it's summer. Been, it's been rough. It's been hot. Homer just wants to put up his Christmas tree. Hey, who says I ever took it down? That's a good point. Al, your shout outs. Well, on that note, I want to give a shout out to autumn, which is the best season of the year. All beautiful colors here in Kentucky. You know, great temperatures, like Homer said, open the windows or sit in the backyard and just enjoy nature. Maybe go for a walk in a lovely park near where you live. Uh, Give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the community, the fuel to the fire of the trophy horse, really the beating heart of this show and, you know, everything that Proven Gamer does. Without you all, we would not still be here. This would not be a continued push to move on episode by episode with even greater things in our site. So thank you all for, for continuing to push us forward. Shout out to Tricky and to Yield for recording tonight. Also, a big shout out to Homer for coming on. Glad you are unbanned. And quite frankly, you know, we just, um, you know, if Tricky ever banned you again, we'll just, you know, do contraband episodes where we have you on and Tricky's not here. And so he he can't know. That was, exactly. That, was, that sounds te- like fun. Contraband. That technically was supposed to be a Tonight Show, just so everybody knows. Like, I wasn't supposed to be here today. Yeah, but everyone, look, this isn't Clerks, so stop trying to quote Clerks. But this is, everyone wanted to hear the interplay between you and Homer and the story as to why, you know, Homer was banned in the first place. But, you know, we could always do a, a peanut butter waffles cast, you know, with, with me, Yield, and Homer, and anybody else who wants to join with delicious food that necessarily Tricky doesn't want to talk about. Uh, last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, hon. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this week. Tricky, sir, your shout outs. Want to give a shout out to the listeners. A big twerp you to Homer for putting mustard on his pizza. Uh, shout out to you. Well, I do it too. I've don't done it too. Don't knock it till you try it. Don't knock it till you try it. What am I? Wait. You know what? I've got some sauerkraut downstairs. I might just next time there's pizza in the house. I might just you know put some sauerkraut Dude, on top of that pizza and drizzle it mustard. You don't. You don't think that. You don't think that combination would go over well? I'm telling you, y'all. Sauerkraut on pizza. <sighs> through the roof. Shout out to Sweet Mama D. Shout out to Yield and Alex for recording tonight. Uh, oh, you busted nail, <laughs> sucker! The trouble. The pizza police are coming for you and your bullshit pizza. You know, I, I stopped talking so you guys could take that out of the show, but now, you know, obviously it's got to stay in the show. Well, obviously, we did it. shout out to everybody who sent any questions. Uh, Matt G. Uh, unfortunately, Homer sent in a question too, so I got to give him a shout out. Rick, uh, Dukes. times two. Oh yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, as you probably guys can tell, we were not live this week, but we will be back live next week. Uh, love the interactions on the Twitch page. Get involved in there. Uh, also, next week we're going to start pushing our, our drive to extra life. Right now, the plan is for me and Daryl to uh, play 24 hours of Gotham Knights uh, co-op. If you're interested in throwing down with us on that day, let us know. Uh, We don't have anything officially in plan yet, but uh, we both agreed not to play the game until Extra Life, and then we'll start playing together. Uh, That is the plan. So if there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. See you later. Bye. Peace out.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. 